who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Empty Set Entertainment presents Slay, created by Scott Sigler. This story is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Howdy, junkies! The end is nigh! The end is nigh! The end of Slay, season one, that is. It should all wrap up with episode number 34. After that, we will have a live Q&A episode, which we'll do on the Sigler in Place live stream. You heard of those? We do them pretty much every Wednesday at twitch.tv slash scottsigler, youtube.com slash scottsigler, and facebook.com slash scottsigler, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern should feel free to join us. They are a hoot. You can chat with other junkies in the chat room. If you have a question for the Slay Q&A episode, send it to info at emptyset.com. After Slay, we will be releasing never-before-podcast short stories in this very feed. You don't even got to change nothing. The stories will be from the final two anthologies in my color collection series. Those titles will be Death is Black and Rot is Green. You'll be able to listen to everything free before the book comes out. Then you can buy the book if you want to, because you're special. Let's get you up to speed on the story, and then we're all going to go play Twister. Right foot green, left hand black. Previously on Slay, things are heating up in Lumencia. Butch and the Rolling Outlaws are in cahoots with Boss Hog, but Butch and his crew can't handle the powers of the Enlightened. Can Hog help them out? Lincoln and Magda just finished a training session with Billy that saw the kids storm off, furious that Lincoln didn't remember killing Billy's friend, Joe. So heated was the argument that Dragon, Lincoln's dog, went after Billy to console him. Meanwhile, Dante Oganov is putting the finishing touches on his campaign to eliminate Kalista and take over as head crime lord of Lumencia. What does he have in store for her and for those who want to protect her? Find out next on Slay, episode number 28. The donut shop had become the prime spot of the rolling outlaws. Butch still did his business from the parking lot of the 7-Eleven, but it wasn't ideal for communicating with 15-plus guys face-to-face. 
The donut shop had plenty of room for that, and no one in the neighborhood, with the exception of Butch's crew, even knew it was still in use. But he wasn't going to eat what that old lady served. Those weren't donuts by any stretch of the imagination. Unless, apparently, you were Boss Hogg and his boys. No disrespect, boss, Money Monday said. But that shit is nasty. Hogg bit into the mold-spotted confection. A drip of purple goop squeezed out, plopped on one of his many bulky gold rings. If that stuff landed on his white suit, Butch imagined it would leave a stain. I say delicious, Hogg said as he chewed, open mouth. You fellas just don't know quality when you see it. But you know what? After a couple of dabs, you might, I say, you might love these little ditties. Hogg used a napkin to wipe purple goo from the corner of his mouth. At the donut shop's back door, the only door that worked, his two black-suited, sunglasses-wearing heavies each held a box of the bite-sized donuts. They were shoveling them into their mouths as fast as they could, all the while looking left, right, up, and down, watching out as if Butch's crew might make a move on Hog at any moment. Now, let's get down to business. Hog gestured around the donut shop. I see you've got more men here than the last time we met. You expanding your operation already, Butch, before we even land a mark? Butch spread his hands. What can I say? Word is out and I might be moving on up. To a deluxe, I say, a deluxe apartment in the sky, aye, aye, Hogg said. Gossip does have a way of getting around. Word was getting around because Money Monday was getting it around. There was a certain breed of thug that was always looking for a new boss, someone who could put them to work. Money, putting the right rumors in the right ears, had drawn four such men who were all eager to ride Butch's coattails. Now, in most things, more is better, Hogg said. But just because you got more guns don't mean you're ready for this. Like I told you, the fella that's working with Little B ain't one to be taken lightly. He'll ventilate you and your entire gang here in less time than it takes to whistle good as hell. The Clorox-clad cracker was a Lizzo fan? Well, takes all kinds. You do not want to face the man in gray, Hogg said. Now I got a plan to deal with him. If I succeed, Little B might still be under his protection to some extent. There's a couple of things y'all need in order to be ready. Hogg pulled off one of his gold rings, set it on the booth's Formica tabletop. That's so sweet, Butch said. We going steady now? You're a regular, I say a regular comedian. You wear that ring. I'll tell you what to do with it later, but it's got to get used to you first. The ring had to get used to Butch? No offense, boss, Money said. But that sounds like shit a crazy man would say. Hogg smiled wide. His gold tooth flashed. I understand. I say I understand that completely. It'll make more sense later on. He then reached, slowly, inside his two-white jacket. He set a dropper vial on the table next to the ring. And this here will help it make more sense. Fellas, allow me to personally introduce you to a wonderful substance called Purple Nurple. Before Ariella's arrival, 
the church basement had been an absolute urban ruin. Lincoln had to admit, she'd been right to bring in those contractors. Now Magda had all the tools to properly maintain Link's gear. Yeah, the basement was tricked out. He wished he could enjoy it, even for a minute, but he had bigger things on his mind. You got that den all the way out, he said. Thanks, Mags. He was in his armor, hands extended out and arms parallel to the floor, while Magda searched for any weaknesses she might have missed. Thank Billy, she said. He's the one who got it out. Lincoln huffed. Whatever. That kid doesn't know magic. What are you trying to do? Perpetrate like he does so I'll go talk to him or something? Since when had Magda become such a softy? He doesn't know magic, but he gets magic, she said. I only have to show him something once, and he sees it. Sometimes he finishes what I'm showing him before I can even tell him how to do it. Lincoln shrugged. So, he's a natural. That happens sometimes. Honestly, Mags, I don't care right now. I got bigger fish to fry. Step back. She did. Lincoln windmilled his right arm, then his left. He raised his right knee high, then his left. He twisted at the waist, thrust an imaginary sword, struck downward with an imaginary axe. Looks smooth, Magda said. Does it feel all right? The armor did feel all right. In truth, it hadn't felt this weightless, this perfect, since he'd left behind the Bastion's dwarf armorers. Feels fine, he said. He took his between cloak off the hooks made for it and pulled it around his armored shoulders. The fold dragon leather creaked and rustled as it settled around him. The cowl fastened itself at his neck. He lifted the hood over his head willed the mist to form before his eyes, then willed it away. Lincoln sensed the cloak's happiness. The cloak thought combat was fun. In truth, so did Lincoln. Gear me up, sister. Magda had his loadout lined up on the workbench. All inspected, ready to tango. She handed him his Lancehead F1 crossbow. So sleek, so narrow, so much power. Scopes recalibrated. Side quivers, four bolts, all have multiple choice meshwork heads. Armor piercing, no heal or explosive. Just say the word before you pull the trigger. She had gone all out. Multi-purpose meshwork meant the bolts could do all three things decently, but not at a high level. Such was the trade-off for versatility. Lincoln slid the limbless crossbow inside his cloak, found the fold he preferred it in. He felt the weapon go limp, then become nothing but thread that existed in an alternate plane. Vepa 12, cleaned and oiled. Magda handed him the shotgun, and he slid it into a fold. Standard rounds. She gave him the weapon's three 12-round magazines. Each of those went into a fold as well. Lincoln put away his Keltec pistol and its three magazines, then his sword to Zona. Magda lifted the second-to-last item from the workbench. And bastard maker, she said. Try to hold on to it this time. Ha ha. Lincoln took the ornate, ancient hatchet, felt the weight, 
admired the craftsmanship. To think he had found this gem at the clearinghouse in Cordis. Peanut, Lincoln's guy at the exchange, had given him a killer deal on it. I'll hold on to it long enough to put it right through Dante's skull, Lincoln said, if he's dumb enough to come out himself. Magda picked up the final item, a blue sphere that rested in the palm of her hand. Now, I put a lot of time into this, she said. It's my best work yet. It should keep you hidden from Olis' scans or from anyone else searching for you. He took the globe. Even if they use a cockeye? Yep, Magda said. And you can use it to keep me informed. Lincoln considered the sphere, but he had already chosen his course of action. Not this time, Mags. They want Billy. If they get me and this sphere is connected to you, they might use it to find this place. Dante wants Kalista's territory, but he's also put a lot of effort into killing the kid. If they come for Billy, then... His words trailed off. The sadness in Magda's eyes. The shame. And I can't help you, she said. You'll be alone. No backup. Not even Ariella. Lincoln wished he could do something, say something, to make Mags feel better, but he knew there was nothing. Her battle with Vestinian had changed her forever. I know, he said. It's got to be this way. Remove the connection thread. He handed her the globe. At least she didn't argue with him. She murmured a few words, slid thumb and forefinger into the glass. She pulled them out, squiggling fibers of tangerine orange and bruised purple wiggling between them. Thanks. Lincoln took the globe, slid it into his cloak. If, uh, if I don't come back, have Ariella track down my sister and tell her I'm gone, okay? Maybe she can figure out a way to save Sam. Magda nodded slowly. Link, you should go talk to Billy before you head out. He's scared. She was worried about the kid? Unreal. Maybe you should tell him that I'm scared. I'm the one who has to go out and fight these assholes. Billy's pissed I took out his pal? Tough shit. His pal was working for a bad dude. It was bound to happen sooner or later. Billy should be grateful I didn't whack him. I took a lot of damage keeping that kid alive, you know? Magda reached up, put her hand on Lincoln's cheek. I know that, Link. But you're a grown-ass man who's been dealing with enlightened shit your whole life. It's all new to him. You could talk to him a little, real quick. Just give him some positivity, you know? Magda took Billy's side. Ariella hadn't liked the way Lincoln had spoken to Billy either. Hell, even Dragon had been more concerned with the kid than with Lincoln. And Dragon was Lincoln's dog, for fuck's sake. I don't have time, Lincoln said. Just, just make sure he doesn't go anywhere. I don't want him doing something stupid. Once you leave, this place will be locked up tighter than Mike Pence's asshole at a pride parade. Check the seals for yourself on the way out. Lincoln would do that, although there was little need. Magda was no mage, but her meshwork skills were better than most. She pulled him in for a hug. With his armor on, 
He barely felt it. You can do this, Magda said. Don't forget what a bad motherfucker you are, Link. You're doing it for Sam. Keep your head on a swivel and come back to us. Magda believed in him. He wished he believed in himself half as much. She broke the hug. Bike is fully charged. Shitbird's been fed, but not too much. He's waiting for you outside. Go kick some ass, Rumi. That Lincoln could do. If he was going down that night, he would go down swinging. Piece of cake, he said. I'll bring you home a pizza. Lincoln left her in the workshop. He walked upstairs to the entryway and his bike didn't see Ariella. The kid was still in his room. Dragon didn't even come out to say goodbye. Figured. Lincoln rolled the motorcycle out onto the steps. He shut the church door, gave the command for the meshwork to lock it up tight. He checked the seals, was satisfied it would take a high-level practitioner to break in. He had done all he could do here. Lincoln hopped on his bike and headed for Callista's, shitbird soaring high and out ahead of him to scout for danger. Howdy! I am Scott, the author of this story. This episode is sponsored by Factor Meal Kits. Eating better is easy with Factor's tasty, ready-to-eat meals. There are 35-plus different options to choose from, including Protein Plus, Keto, and Calorie Smart. Want more tasty math? There are 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor Meals are no prep, no mess. A box of meals ships right to your door, saving you time, unlike those runs to the grocery store, if you know what I'm saying. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. I have eaten a bunch of Factor meals, and I got to tell you, they are really good. So head to factormeals.com slash Sigler50 and use the code Sigler50 to get 50% off. That's code Sigler50 at factormeals.com slash Sigler50 to get 50% off. Wander with us into a world of magic. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with and reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. We'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. There was irony in using the same warehouse. It was here that Dante's men had fought and lost against Lincoln Franks. It was here that Billy revealed himself as a traitor. Dante had wanted payback, which led to posting the contract, and it was the contract that had snagged Vestinian's attention. Now, in the same place where it all started, Dante Oganov prepared to settle all business. By morning, Franks would be dead. Billy would be dead. Callista would be dead. And Dante Elganov would be the boss of Lumencia. We make our move tonight, he said. Callista is dangerous. She'll have Lincoln and the Minotaur protecting her. It won't be easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it, Betty said. We're going to nail his ass, Veronica said. The blonde and the brunette had already had a run-in with Lincoln. They were unhappy with him 
to say the least. Kalista's magic is strong, Oleus Oakbeard said, but I will neutralize her ability to defend herself. Lady Betty, Lady Veronica, if you keep Franks alive long enough for me to inflict some pain, I would be most grateful. Oleus was a badass druid, but a terrible liar. He wanted to kill Franks himself. Some fathers just couldn't let their children go, it seemed. It sounded stupid to want to kill a man because he had slept with your daughter, but as long as Oleus was motivated, Dante didn't care why. I say, I say, this will be a night to remember. Boss Hogg stood there with his two sidekicks right behind him. Dante didn't know their capabilities. Hopefully, they would contribute to the coming brawl. And I think I speak for all of us when I say I appreciate you bringing in some muscle, Hogg said. More is always, I say, I say, more is always more. Behind the four bounty hunters, six bounty hunters, if you counted Hogg's black-suited lackeys, stood the 20 armed men Dante had brought up from Miami. They had experience dealing with enlightened, and they were all dosed to the gills on Nurple. Who knew? One of them might manage the kill shot on either Lincoln or Kalista. Stranger things had happened. When Kalista is gone, I am in charge here, Dante said. And I am a goblin of my word. All of you get chunk of Lamencia action. Everyone profits. Oleus crossed his arms. Everyone except Kalista and that villainous Franks. Betty and Veronica nodded in agreement. Boss Hogg removed his white cowboy hat. His piggy ears stuck up. It'll be a boot-scootin' shindig for sure. He held the hat over his heart. We are about to open a can, I say a can of whoop-ass, on the man in gray. Let's all go have us a wee doggy of a time. A wee doggy of a time. Dante liked the sound of that. He liked it a lot. Peter Pather, he said. Let's get at her. Lincoln was off to battle for Callista. Billy and Dragon were hiding away in his room. Ariella was up in her office doing business shit. Magda was alone. Time to get good and sloppy. And who better to help her on her path than her old drinking pals Sam Jackson and Gina Davis? She called up the long kiss goodnight, wrapped herself in a blanket, then took a healthy swig of Yukon Jack. It was the last bottle of booze in the house. One might have said it was the last bottle because money was tight, but for money to be tight, you actually had to have some of it in the first place. Magda had none. Lincoln had none. Ariella had none. And they were once again in debt to the contractors. But maybe there was light at the end of that particular tunnel. Magda had sold two t-shirts. Two. A whopping $20 of profit. Billy had said that money needed to go into marketing, but Magda planned on spending it on another bottle of uke. Oh, how she wanted to be at Lincoln's side. How desperately she wanted to open the crate stuffed in the bell tower, get her armor out, fix it up, 
and be who she once was. But she could do none of it. She made sure Lincoln's gear was tip-top, and that was all she had contributed to his battle for survival. Pathetic. She hated her brain. She hated herself. Was Link going to make it? Only a soapbeard, Boss Hog, Betty and Veronica Flechette. Bad operators. Plus Dante and whatever thugs he and his unknown financier had brought to Lamencia. Guys like Dante always hired as many dumbasses with guns as they could. Link would be heavily outnumbered. And Magda, Link's best friend, or his worthless excuse for one anyway, could do nothing to help. Dragon padded into the nave, tongue lolling, long tail swishing away. Hey there, little pickle, Magda said. You done with your new bestie and want to hang with me? Magda patted the couch. Come on, cutie, come up here. Dragon's feet shuffled. She let out a low whine. What's the matter, girl? Did the dog want something? Magda poured a tiny bit of uke into her cupped palm, offered it to the dog. You want to get schnockered with me and watch G. Davis shoot some bitches? Dragon backed up a step. Barked. Barked again. The fuck is up with you? You don't want any? More for me, then. Magda slurped up the whiskey in her cupped hand. She heard Ariella call from the entryway. Magda, get over here! Magda threw off the blanket and ran to the entryway, found Ariella staring at the main entrance door. What's wrong? Billy's gone, Ariella said. I looked for him in his room and the bell tower and the workshop. He is not gone. The door's meshwork won't open for him, and the rest of the church is sealed up tight. Ariella pointed at the door. Look at the threads. Magda did, reaching out with her senses to both feel and see the magic. The door's pale blue energy wavered where it should have been solid, and there, by the handle, threads floating free, unattached to the ceiling spell's fabric. Someone had opened the door from the inside? You did this, Magda said, confused. You're the only one in here besides me with a skill to cut a hole in the seal. Ariella shook her head. Apparently, you and I aren't the only ones. Somehow, Billy let himself out. You have been listening to Slay, created and read by Scott Sigler. Copyright 2023, Empty Set Entertainment. For more information on the author and more books, visit scottsigler.com. Theme music is the song They're Watching Me by the band Superweapon. Heart Stephen King, Heart Chuck Palahniuk, 
Infected blends science fiction and horror into a pulpy masterpiece of action, terror, and suspense. James Rollins, New York Times bestselling author of The Judas Strain and Black Order. The Infected Trilogy is an unabridged three-season audio fiction series from number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler. Powerfully written, an unforgettable central character. Dallas Morning News. Infected is one hell of an exhilarating ride. Joe R. Lansdale, World Horror Convention Grandmaster and author of Bubba Hotep and Hap and Leonard. All 88 episodes, 53 hours of horror, are free and available now wherever you listen to podcasts. Sigler is the Richard Matheson of the 21st century. Infected is a flawless thinking person's thriller. Jonathan Mayberry, Bram Stoker award-winning author of V-Wars and the Joe Ledger series. 